Check, check. Mic check. Network production. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. It's Thursday, January 31st, 2019. The Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. On the air, man, 11.01 p.m., 11.01 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Flyracing.com. We are going to talk some San Diego Supercross coming up this weekend. Four rounds down in the Monster Energy Supercross Series. 13 to go. Lots to talk about. The rain is coming, at least if you listen to uh, the weatherman. So it might be a complete mutter this weekend, or at least... Well, at least it's going to see some some sprinkles and some some wet track for sure. I think that's at the bare minimum. And at the worst, it could be a complete mutter. So, yeah, 702-586-7857 if you have a question about um, Oakland, about San Diego, or anything else in regards to the Supercross Series. Please give us a call. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Flyracing.com. Please check out pulpmx.com um, in about an hour and uh, maybe an hour and a half, and you will see the brand-new product that Fly is launching today. Um, it is uh, fantastic. Uh, lots of work put in by the guys. Lots of uh, effort put in by the R&D development company, development guys. And, uh, yeah, really excited for the folks at Fly Racing because they've been waiting for this for a long time. So you'll see that on PulpMX.com. Check my social also on PulpMX and uh, plenty of exciting things happening for the folks at Fly Racing. Also, too, Pro Taper. Rockstar Husky, Geico Honda, JGR Suzuki, running ProTaper, ProTaper.com. Please check them out on the web. Whether you need uh, bars, uh, 7 8 bar, oversized bar, the Fusion bar, which is the my favorite, where you can unlock the crossbar, but you still have the crossbar look. Because I can't, I, not that I can't stand, but I don't like the crossbarless bar on my bike. Looking down at it, looking at it, riding with it, I just don't like it. So the Fusion, but I like the benefit of it. So the Fusion gives you the benefit of it with the look of a crossbar. Also, too, thanks to uh, Get, Justin Barsha, Aaron Plessinger, running Get uh, on their YZ450s. Uh, seemingly half the teams in Europe run Get as well. World Championships up the Wazoo. ECUs for four strokes and two strokes. The two-stroke stuff was doing so well. They sold out of it. It's back in stock now. Uh, get, get, and uh, destroy the start with the folks at Get. Also, too, we want to thank, uh, also, too, also, too, we want to thank folks at Maxis, MXST Tire. Available now, AJ Canzaro running MXSTs out in Supercross right now, privateer proven. Jeremy McGrath developed. Uh, grab the whole shot. Uh, use Maxis tires. Uh, love these guys, and they've been a big part of our shows for a while now, for a second year. So, uh, yeah, appreciate the folks at Maxis coming on. Paul Parabinos and Jason Thomas will be on today. We are going to give away a set of MXST tires, an OGO Fly Racing travel bag, as well as a Fly Racing backpack. Um, just to a random caller. So, yeah, we're going to hook it up. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. 702-586-7857. Some lines are still open. Cooper Webb has two wins in a row, and Cooper Webb has the red plate. 
Sweet Jesus. Who would have ever thought this soon into the series? Uh, I'm Steve Mathis. With me, producing the show, holding things down over there in the corner. The Tits Legendary Tits, what's up? Yo, what's up, Steve? Cooper Webb's up. Is he? Can that be your new guy? No. No chance. I, li- I actually... Can no. be your guy? I, there can never be a replacement for Dungey. Webb's great, though, so I don't want it to seem like I, like I don't like yeah, him. If it was to be anybody you replace him, it would be AC. AC, and then right behind that would maybe be Roxon. I really like Roxon's attitude what about and, Zacco? and the whole deal. What about Zacco? Zach's very good. I okay. like Zach. Right. Yeah. I'm just trying to find you a new guy. There's just it's just a hole. I mean, you can't be filled. Yeah. You can throw other right. people in there, and it's just uh, it's never the same. Moser's had the same hole, right? You know, yeah. uh, he's had the same kind of holes going on in his life. I know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, you guys need to get your holes filled. <laughs> oh my god, funny. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Give us a call. Coming up with Paul Parabinos, uh, like I said, and Jason Thomas. Uh, let's go quickly to the phone lines though before we come up with Paul. It's uh, Verdi. Is this Verdi? Yes, sir. What's up, bud? How are you? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for calling. Um, so what I want to call in is basically about Roxy. Um, I know some people have been questioning, like, you know, his, his, what's going on with him and everything that's been happening. And some people are talking about Eli, too, but, um, you know, not, not winning yet or whatever. But my thing with Roxy is that um, everybody talks about how mental the game is. Well, everything that Rox has gone through so far in his career, mm-hmm. and um, I, I know you know, and some people know, but not everybody, what he's actually going through right now with his brother-in-law and his, and his, yeah. his family. Yeah, I wrote um, about it today, actually, for MX Vice. Um, you're 100% right, right? Like, I think he's seen a new side of life. Uh, he almost had his career ripped away. He's had two serious injuries. I think he, you know, realizes that just training and grinding 24-7 – um, is is not you know not necessarily always the greatest thing to enjoy life. And then on top of that, like you said, his brother in law, his trainer Blake Savage, had a bad crash and uh, is currently paralyzed. I don't know if he's going to be or not, but um, yeah, has an issue you know moving his legs right now. And yeah, man, I would I would I would agree with you, Verdi. Like that that would affect him, man. I mean, that's got to be heavy on him right now. So I mean, for what he's doing out there right now, it's it's pretty impressive. I mean. I mean, his his mind has got to be, you know, not 100% in it, even though he's trying to be. It's got to yeah. be rough. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Uh, it's going to be it's got to be tough on him when you when you add in his injuries and Blake, his good friend, uh, his brother in law, his injuries that just happened. Yeah, he's probably got a lot going on. It's a contract year for him too. Um, you know, I think he'll resign there at Honda and all that. But yeah, absolutely, man. I think you got to cut him a, some some slack a little bit, but. Between the Anaheim one uh, gangbang number one, and then uh, and then Houston and Glendale, I mean, he's got to just be like, "What else can I do here, man? I've come so close to winning, you know." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure though, like when it starts to get rough or he gets a little sketchy or something like that, man, he's got to be thinking like, "There's more to life than this, maybe." Like sometimes, yeah. you know. Yeah, I would agree. I, I would. I would agree, hundred percent. So, um, are anything else? Uh, one more thing is that I'm a. Ra- I just this is not a question, but just a, I know Nash is trying to get to the bottom of it. I don't know if he did, but I'm a Raceway Park regular. Um, well, was uh, my uh, my heyday, and I know pretty much everybody from there and everything. And Weege was definitely a swagger. I've been trying to figure out um, how come Shawnee Lukowski hasn't confirmed it yet, but I'm thinking maybe he was already wrenching and out in California at the time. I'm not sure of thing, but I know me and his brother Tommy, which I know you know his brother Tommy. Yeah. We have had this conversation about Weege, and he yeah, was but, definitely a flex. Yeah, Tommy but, and Shawnee both worked the infield while they rode those 80s around, like uh, Nicoletti was talking about. 
And um, I know he definitely knows that Weege was a flag. Why, well, Phil, Phil knows Sean and Tommy. Why wouldn't they vouch for Weege? Why, why did Phil's body I, say it didn't happen? Well, if, if, if Shawnee, if Shawnee um, was out in California, maybe he just missed that moment. Nah, nah. Sh- well, actually, Sean might have been by then. Yeah, I don't know. But... You know what I mean? Because I know he was raised either for paying or Deegan or somebody, I think, at that time, possibly. Right, right, right. But, yeah. but, me, and, but, but me and Tommy have had this conversation. He's, I know both of them well. Tommy's like, you remember Weege when he flagged here? Because I used to go out on the infield and stuff. I had access and everything, too. And I was like, nah, you know, just like we just saying, like, nah, I don't, I don't know the friggin' flagger. Yeah. But yeah. Tommy was actually out there. He, he, he was one of the guys that were, well, guys went down. They go check on him. And he kind of did the rounds out there. So he would know. I mean, we're trying to get some photographic evidence. It's not working out so well. But, uh, all yeah, right, Verdi. Well, it, I'll pass this on to Wygant. I'll say that we had, uh, we had confirmation. We'll see. See if right, it's man. enough for Phil. Thank you for calling. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Thank you. Uh, Skippy, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? Skippy, what's the status of the Pulpamex Fly Racing t-shirts? We are ready for them to get here. I've already got plenty pre-sold, and I guarantee you they're going to be flying off the shelves as soon as we get them back in stock. Well, when are they coming in stock, bro? I believe the release date is still about Valentine's Day. Oh, my uh, God. Okay, all right. Pre-selling them, though. You've got to pre-sell them so that way... uh, yeah, the the anticipation is real. I guess. I guess it's like Pearl Jam tickets or something. Uh, uh, hey man, all right. What stock of t-shirts? Right. What's up? Uh, so I was just curious. Out of the top three in both two fifty and four fifty, uh, what riders do you think are in a you know must perform situation in regards to who do you think has the most pressure and the least pressure uh, well, currently uh, on a mental aspect? I think Cooper Webb has the least amount of pressure, right? He even said it was a rebuilding year for him, um, and now I he's agree. got two wins. Like he could, he could quit the series tomorrow, and it'd be super, super successful year for him. You know, um, so less pressure for him. Most pressure, Eli Tomac. He hasn't got a win yet. He's got seventeen wins in two years or something, um, sixteen or something. So most pressure would be Eli Tomac to me. Absolutely, and in the two fifties, uh, AC most pressure. Everyone's looking at him, Absolutely. right? Uh, least pressure. Absolutely. I don't know. They're all. I think that they all got pressure because uh, they all need the title. You know. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about least pressure. Absolutely. So, rock, rock and roll, guys. All right. Thanks, Gibby. See ya. Uh, all right. With me uh, to talk about Oakland, San Diego, and more from Pro Taper, ProTaper dot com. Paul Perbinos. What's up, Paul? How are you? What up, Steve? How's it going? I'm good, man. Who do you think has the least pressure in the 250 Supercross class, like Skippy was asking? Um, anybody with a two-year deal, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, right? I mean, maybe Ferrandez, because he just got here, and, you know, I mean, he's going to be in the class another year, but, you know, Nichols, I, yeah. I, don't, know. I don't know. That's a hard one to say, I mean, because they're all young, and they all, none of them have won a title before, so... Um, they're probably all feeling pressure to not blow it. So yeah. um, that's tough. Uh, are you wrenching again this weekend? I'm in. Same program. Same program. Okay. Do you anticipate Dino going to the to the factory team from Minneapolis? Honestly, I don't know. Um, probably we'll get that all figured out this weekend. It'll all yeah. happen. I, I can't or see. I cannot. It changes happen. It'll happen. I cannot see how you're taking the sprinter to cold-ass Minneapolis. Just can't see. I it. don't even know how. I don't know how any of the, any of the series is going to get to Minneapolis, let alone the, <laughs> the, the 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 podium might not show up at Minneapolis. It's like negative degrees there. It's Semis really, might crash and yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's cold up there. Right now. It's really bad. My uh, my family lives in Winnipeg, and uh, it is insane. 
just simply insane temperatures right now. Um, and yeah. I, I got to go in early too. So, um, hey, do the does the fusion bar? I was just talking about the fusion bar to start the show, and does is it your biggest seller? Um, no, it's not the biggest seller because it's fairly new still. I, I want to say it was brand new in two thousand. 14 well that's a long time ago already yeah i get that but it's also our highest price price point handlebar so you have to realize that yeah i guess um, i guess you know i i would guess yeah the twin wallet probably isn't the best seller for renthal either so um yeah it's a high price point handlebar it's a dual function handlebar with what that mechanism has on there so um but it does do very well for us but no it's not our best seller Uh, because i like it it's my favorite bar I love the fact that you can, because I like the I like riding. I like the feel of no crossbar, but I hate the look of no crossbar. I like a crossbar pad in front of me. We're identical. Yeah, that's the, that's the reason why it's on my bike. That's the reason why it's on a lot of pros bikes is because uh, you just like staring at that style of a crossbar, but right. you want the flex. So, yep. um, yeah, it's I like what, it. What what percent of pros run it in the unlocked position versus the locked? Um, Just roughly. Quite a few, actually. Quite a few. You'd be surprised, though. These guys are so young and gnarly, and, and like Supercross is so precise. A lot of them want it locked, which is, yep. I would say, for the average person, probably 90% of them are in the unlocked position. When, <laughs> but when you go to the pros, it's, yeah. the, it's a bit different. Is it half and half, would you say? Yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, let's, let's start off talking about uh, San Diego. The weather looks like it's moving in. I said at the top of the show, at the bare minimum, we're going to have a wet track. We're going to have rain. At the at the worst, we are going to have a, a colossal mutter. Um, what, what, you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I think rain is in the forecast today, Thursday. I think it's going to be okay Friday, but I look at it constantly. And Saturday, it's just going to rain, and there's forecasting for a.m. showers on Sunday. So I think we're going to get rained on when the racing is happening. But I do think they're going to uncover a very dry track on um, Saturday whenever we do practice. So we'll see how it goes. I would anticipate a shortened schedule, a lot mm-hmm. of sitting around. Um, but come race time at, at the night show, we're going to be in the rain, and I'm confident in saying that. I would anticipate your workload being high. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, I, honestly, I like I like the mud. It, it gives um, – more opportunities to pull out more kind of tricks and experience and and mm-hmm. and capitalize on situations. The start becomes even more important. I think um, I'm confident with what we can do down there to to try to get a good start. So I'm excited for the mud. It's a it's it's it mixes it up. Yeah. A lot can happen. We could we could have a new red plate holder. We could have new winners. Um, a lot can happen in the mud. Yeah, really, right? How is Dean in the mud? How does he feel? How how does how's his skills? Oh, he's a he's a great mud rider. Um, he's got tall, long legs. He's extremely balanced. He's um, and he's a type of guy that's like gets tougher when the conditions get tougher. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't. He's not crazy about relying on having perfect vision. And there's a lot of things that bother people in the mud, and, and a lot of that just doesn't bother Dean. So um, I don't know. I think it could yeah. be could be really good. We'll see what happens. If it's pouring, do we just move Aaron Plessinger up to a career best 450 Supercross finish? I mean, I think you got to give him a little bit of a bump. <laughs> right. um, he just thrives in those conditions. And honestly, I, it, obviously it's his skills, but I think it's his mental outlook too. Like Aaron is just, um, he doesn't get down when the rain comes and, and he stays positive. He's a glass half full type guy. And I think that's huge when it comes to the mud is your mental outlook on all of it. So I think that's part of it. I wrote a column for MX Vice. Uh, it'll be in, up later today. And I just said in it, Paul, why can't Cooper Webb win this title? Like, look, I'm surprised as hell, two in a row in the red plate. But you look at Cooper Webb, amateur phenom, 
won everything in 250s, uh, works hard. Um, you know, he checks all the boxes to be an elite 450 rider. Like, why can't he win this thing? I, I, I mean, I'm not saying I still like Tomac to catch fire here, but my my surprise at Cooper winning this title is is you know is not going to be very high if he does it because this is his third year in the 450s is typically a year that guys uh, get better. So all of it to me equals out like, yeah, Coop could win this thing. No, I, I 100% believe uh, in that as well, and I agree with you. And obviously it's um, preseason, he, you would be more surprised. But now that he's got two in a row, like yeah. he's gotten over that hump that that was holding Cooper back in my mind, which is just a mental kind of thing. And, and he's healthy. He's on a great bike. He's got a great mechanic, a great team, experienced. He can he can go the distance, I think. Yeah. He's smart. Um, so he gets good starts. He has it all. Yeah, he, he can absolutely yeah. do it. And, um, yep. yeah. Yeah, it just it it it's all he's got all the pedigree. It's not like it's not like you're like, "Oh, hey, look, uh, look, I don't want to shit on somebody, but oh, look, Bogle's leading the points or, you know, something like that." You 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 know, you're just like, "Yeah, the, Cooper Webb's got all the pedigree and all the background and all the the bike and the team and everything else to win this thing." You know? So that's yep. all. Um All right, let's take some questions. Shall we do that? Shall we? First, we have a question about the uh Fusion Bar. Uh what's happening, Kyle? What's your question about the Fusion Bar? Hey, I'm like you, Steve. I like the the look of the crossbar with the feel of the unlock. But I uh, have one little question. My fusion bar, I I run it unlocked, and every time I'm you know getting on and off the stand, up and down ramps, and even kind of soft landings, I feel it click every in the in the mechanism. There's a little click mm-hmm. almost yep. every time. And I know I've heard Keefer mention it. Is there any way to get rid of that or kind of mitigate that after a while? Um, I, I would guess that the I would guess that the feeling you're feeling is not from the mechanism um, because there's not much going on in there. It's either on or off. I would guess it's how long have you had your bars for? Uh, probably about twenty hours. Yeah, so that's not awful. But oftentimes um, the epoxy coating on the bar mounts that mount to the handlebar itself um, over lots of washing and different mud race, what have you, like sometimes that bond will uh, loosen up. And then when your bar is flexing, it's creaking because you have a crossbar on a handlebar that's flexing. Like there's no other product out there that has a crossbar that also is has a handlebar that's flexing. So it's kind of like a, while it can be annoying, um, and I would guess it's a product of like what, like what I said, the epoxy breaking loose. At least you know that the handlebar is flexing. Um, so it's not a great answer for you, but um, I wouldn't <laughs> but, say there's anything you do to fix it. You can take apart the me- mechanism if you want and grease it up, and, but uh, that's not going to do anything in my opinion. I like your answer, though, where you're like, look, look, we really can't do anything for you for that clicking. But that tells you the bar is working. <laughs> it tells you the bar <laughs> yeah, is I working. Mean, shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like that. It's a very good, uh, yeah, very good uh, deal. So, um yeah, that was something that Nick commented too, right? Nick Way at some point, right? Because he's super anal Nick Way. Paul was... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, right. it seems to happen over time as the bar's been on the handlebar for a long time and a lot of washing and or and even even so, it depends how gnarly you are on equipment too. I mean, if you're jumping big stuff and flat landing stuff, you're going to put more stress on everything. Yep. So it's just, you know, it's still aluminum and material and it's just like anything else. So um, it can kind of move and... Um, yeah. There you go. Oh, Kyle, you know what you could do, Kyle? You could buy a new pair of Fusion Bars from Pro Taper. <laughs> well, I actually crashed and bent my pair. It's like, I don't want to sit in the box and ready to go on. Oh, there you go. All right, man. Thank you. Appreciate, <laughs> right, appreciate it. Thanks. It. Uh, let's go to Mike. Another Pro Taper question. Mike, what's happening? Uh, what's your question for Paul Parabinos? Hey, how are you guys? Good. 
Uh, I'm wondering, I'm a small guy. Uh, I have a 150SX KTM, and I was wondering if you're going to come out with that Zach Osborne-style bar for the bigger bikes. The micro bar, that, uh, that tall. The micro bar. Right, right, right. I share a bike with my daughter. And, uh, I mean, I'm so short and small that I look up to the Martin Brothers. So <laughs> this is something um, that would really help me out, you know? No plans right now, right, Paul? No, not really. Um, it was, you know, I, I have ideas in my head on how we can make it work, but it would be an expensive price point for one because you have to buy a handlebar. You'd have to buy a throttle tube. We would have to create a throttle tube that has a uh, cam interchange in it, basically, so a dealer could stock basically one or two SKUs and satisfy all the customers that walk in the door for all the different bikes. If we didn't do that, then we'd have to create a special throttle tube for every single bike, and that's a lot of tooling, a lot of parts to have. Um, and then we have to, you know, we have to invent some invest tooling and new grip molds and all kinds of things. So it's a lot of money to, on our end to do it, which that's not really the problem, but it's, it would be a lot of money to the consumer too. And I'm just a bit worried that we're not there yet as far as consumer demand is concerned. So, um, it's something that we've, you know, we saw work with our micro bar for kids. Everybody loves that handlebar. Every single kid that's used it loves it. And Zach swears by his. Um, so, right. um, right now it's really just a product that we are, um, making available to our elite race teams to try to help their riders, uh, you know, be the best they can be on the weekend. But, um, I'm not going to rule it out, but right now, no plans to offer it to the public. Well, what would you think? 200, 250 for a set with all the interchangeable I mean, parts? And- you, it would just be, yeah, it would be probably, you know, a handlebar if it, if it's Evo or, you know, we have to consider what platform to offer the handlebar in what bends to offer the handlebar in um so it could be if it's a fusion bar it's going to be a very similar price to a fusion bar which is 129.99 if it's an evo it's very similar probably to 89.99 probably just a little bit more and then you know ten dollars for grips and probably seventy dollars or eighty dollars or so for a throttle tube so that gives you an idea of how much it would be and and a dealer would have to carry all of it um or an online retailer would have to carry all of it to handle it so um I don't know. It's just it's tricky. Um, sorry, yeah. Mike. Sorry about that answer for you. But to to help soften the blow, we're going to give you a set of Maxxis MXST tires for your for your 150. All right. Oh, yeah. Awesome, guys. All Thank right. you. Stay on hold uh, to, to get your information. Maxxis tires. Uh, Maxxis.com. MXST. The cat currently running them in uh, in Supercross right now. Let's go to Joe. You got a question about Chris Blows, Joe? Yeah, Steve. How you doing? Hey, Do- uh, you may not want to answer this question, but can Chris Blows win? And does he still hate you? I don't think he still hates me. I don't really know. Uh, I think we're good on that. Uh, I don't believe he can win, though. No, I'm sorry. He's had a good season, though. A nice return to Supercross. Paul, what do you think? Um, I mean, I don't want to say that he can't win. He's a really good rider. I'm not positive about his mud skills if we're talking about winning this weekend. Um, but he's, he's also an elder guy when it, I don't know if elder's the right word. He's an older guy when it comes to the 250F class. And I think, um, a lot would have to go right for me to win. Um, yeah, I guess that's my right. opinion, but, um, I, you can't rule it out. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Marshall, what's your question, man? Thanks for calling the fly race and moto 60 show. Hey, Steve. Hey, Paul. Um, my question is, uh, who out of the like three or four guys, Muskan, Tomac, Roxon, if you were to say at the end of the season, which one of those guys wouldn't have a win? What do you think, Paul? Muskan, Tomac, Roxon, of those three, which one would not have a win if I had to pick one? Um, 
I, 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 I I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Roxon. Really? Yeah, I mean, I'd have to yeah. go that too, but I don't feel really confident in that. No, I don't. Okay, I don't want to say I don't like the question, but that's a tough one to answer. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one to answer. Just one other thing, if I can add, um, I just want to uh, let you know I'm kicking your guys' ass in fantasy. I'm ranked 25th. Nice work. Um, overall, out of boy, and uh, I really job. enjoyed uh, enjoyed playing and uh, uh, talking crap uh, to my friends or whatever, and I ended <laughs> up getting second second one of the weeks uh, just a nice. couple weeks ago, and uh, um, looking forward to receiving some tires from you guys soon. Yeah, we're uh, we're getting we're working on the prizes. It should be out soon. We, we we got behind with all the issues with the side and everything else, but yeah, we've got all the records. We're working on it, man. Uh, nice job, though. Thanks for playing. Appreciate sure. it. Right on. Oh well, I I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, AJ, AJ, you got some triple crown stats? Yeah. No, I was just curious. I know we kind of beat this to death a little bit on the Pulp Show, but uh, you said that basically like Eli has no laps led this year. Yeah. Because of how the triple crown stats work. So, yeah. are there any stats that are recorded for the triple crowns at all? So, like, who does it say led laps? No, AJ. Is it only during the third gangbang that they record no, that? Or just no, no, one gets no, no nothing. There's no, there's nothing. There's no stats. So these there's, races just didn't even exist. They, they just, happen. you get an over, Cooper Webb has an overall win. And that's it. That's it. Yeah, that is kind of bullshit. A hundred percent. Did you know huh. this, Paul? Did you have any idea of this, Paul? Uh, I think I heard you ranting about it a oh, little okay. bit. But yeah, <laughs> right. it's, um, yeah, just a, a no, bit, yeah. no laps led, no, you know, no gangbang wins, nothing. Just, just, just never happened. Nothing, yeah, just nothing. Oh. Hey, so, I got another quick question about, I know right. you got, had a guy on, maybe it was last year, about um, helping privateers out, like if they're in town, a place for them to do laundry, stay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife has been subjected to quite a bit of secondhand pulp, and... Uh, is super stoked on like the uh, privateer challenge and all the stuff yeah. they do for privateers. And she was like, how can we help out? And I was like, well, I remember that thing. I tried to Google or look around, but I couldn't remember who the guy was. That um, was, was a, privateer. A you could put there. Yeah. Privateer connection. Privateer connection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look them up on social media or, or um, uh, on, on, on the web or whatever. So yeah, check, yeah, yeah. check them out. Check it out. Okay. Cool, Thanks, cool man. man. Thanks. I get those people sometimes, Paul, sending me emails saying, hey, man, I want to help out a privateer. I'll wrench for them. They can stay here. They can go to the gym. And I'm always like, that's awesome, but I don't know if you're super weird. Like, I don't know anything about you, and I'm sure you're a very nice person, and I'm sure you mean the best, but I don't want to tell a privateer to go to your house, you know, yeah, so... Yeah, that's that's tricky. You, you don't know. I mean, when it comes to wrenching for somebody, that's kind of usually out of the question because that's tough, but... Yeah, if it's just somewhere where they can do laundry or they can get water or they can, you know, empty their sprinter and do all do all their cleaning or something, I think that's helpful for sure. But it is invite but... somebody to stay at your house or yeah, yeah, you need to. I think you need to have a bit of a relationship, <laughs> a bit of a person. vetting thing going on. We don't, want, or we don't want anyone like you know with a yeah. put the lotion in the basket. Yeah, where's where's Zara? Oh, he's he's dead, dude. He got abducted and killed by <laughs> by by a fan. So you know, I, I don't want that on my on my uh, uh, on my um conscience uh what's up man alex you got a data about cooper webb yeah so i'm gonna go ahead and back you on that i'm not being surprised if cooper webb wins the title because i did a little bit of research and out of since 2000 so that's going 19 years uh 14 out of those title winners have were the first two-time winners of the season oh okay yeah 14 out of the 19 seasons and yeah. also on Essex Research on Instagram, they said basically the points leader after round four 
is 68% of the time going to win the title. And then he's got Ryan Benji in the back of his ear telling him how to manage it from here on out. I mean, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it wouldn't be surprising, man. hundred percent. So, uh, yeah, I looked at those stats. Um, the, the, the top three in the points last year don't have a win through four rounds. That's happened a little bit. Aaron Hansel looked into that. Um, so that's not that surprising. I thought it would be more surprising, Paul. The top three in the points from the previous year not getting a win through the first four rounds. You'd think that'd be rare, yeah, right? Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. I mean, maybe it just goes to show you that that this is a long game in everyone's head and, and you got to get through California safe to be there in the end. And, um, you know, we never put too much emphasis on what happens to Anaheim 1, for instance. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's been a... It's been a really cool, exciting start to the season, and as a fan, I think it's awesome. Okay, cool. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, Brain, what's up, man? Fellas, good afternoon. So I realize this has been talked about for years, and it's never happened. It probably never will happen. However, what if the Super Bowl got moved to Saturday? Do you think any chance Feld would consider moving the Soupy to Friday night? Like if it was this, yeah, like yeah. Was this week. Yeah, I, I think they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They would do everything they can to not have a race on Super Bowl. That that is the number one television right. draw of the year. And yeah, they would do Friday or they would have a weekend off. Hundred percent. That's what I'm wondering. Is would they would they also do a weekend off? Yeah, something. They're not having it on Saturday of a Super Bowl. That's for sure. No, um, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I know they wouldn't do that, but I'm wondering. Maybe what I should ask then, especially even from Paul from the mechanic side too, and and you know from having a rider, is this a time four weeks in? Is this too soon for a weekend off, or is this? Um, yes, I mean obviously. Wow. I know are you going to give momentum, them? But, okay, are you going to give them the week the other weekend off Easter too, or are you taking that at one yes. way? You're taking that away. Uh, no, no, no. You, you you do. I would say you'd give them that weekend off. Okay, um, then it's not. No, and, then then I then I don't think it is. Um, Okay. I, four or five weeks in, Paul would be fine for a weekend off, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, a few years ago we had a national schedule, and I think we did four, four on a week off, four on a week off. It was a really nice schedule, actually. It's good for everybody's kind of sanity and family life and everything. So, yeah, <laughs> thanks, Brian. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. Cool, appreciate fellas. it. Thank you, uh, Paul Parabinos from ProTaper, ProTaper dot com on the show, uh, Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show, presented by Get. Maxis and Pro Taper. We're still taking some calls. 702-586-7857 giving away Fly Racing OGO gear bag and a Fly Racing backpack as well. Big day for Fly Racing down in San Diego. Uh, Paul, we've uh, they've got a big debut coming. So um, Yeah, that's pr- neat. Pretty that's stoked. Cool. Um, all right, let's go into some more uh, talk for San Diego here and the series in general. What? Who's been through the four rounds? Uh, who's been a bit of a disappointment for you in, in the 450 class? Um, has there been a guy? Man, I don't know. That's tough. Uh, I'm trying to think. I I, I want to maybe say Sealy, but I I feel like you got to give him a bit of a pass. Like he was hurt for so long, and 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 he's shown potential. He's run up front. He just hasn't hasn't had a lot of things go that way. He's the one that's sticking out in my mind. Um, but yeah, but he's been okay, but, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that's I, I honestly no. Like Yeah. I can't th- I mean we have rookies to deal with. We have um and like what about AP? Somebody, but what about AP? I, no, no. You no. know what? May, I think it might have to be Justin Hill maybe. Yeah. Well, I feel like we haven't had a breakout ride, but I honestly just thought he would I mean he, he got hurt or he got crashed hard in practice, so maybe Oakland sure, was yeah. something that affected him in that crash, but 
I feel like Hill's been doing kind of what I thought, Paul, except I would expect by now we'd see one ride that was amazing, but maybe the one ride amazing is coming up here. I don't know. Yeah, and I agree with that too, and and we kind of know what to expect, but at the same time, I don't think there was much injuries. There was a full off-season of prep. It should be going a bit better for Mm -hmm. the situation that he was dealt, I think, but... um. But yeah, I, I like you. I'm not super surprised, and I think he's. You can't rule out that he could be a race winner this year. Also. Oh, so, I don't know about that. Um, no, I, I think you can rule that out. Seriously. Well, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, that guy can show up sometimes. I know, but so dude, I can't rule it out. Okay, I, I mean, a race winner, podium, okay, but um, I'm surprised. He, he, you know, JT's been talking about you know kind of him not being in shape, and I, and I tend to agree. It's it's actually surprising that you come into the season and. He doesn't look. He looks to be tired in those in those triple crowns. He did this weekend. He did so, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's prepared. He should be. So. Uh, cycle trader Yamaha makes a change. Uh, Matt Bichelia is out. Ryan Brees is in. Uh, as much as you uh, you know know these two guys, and, and what what's your thoughts on this move? Um, I mean, I think it's positive. I don't. I honestly don't know anything about the situation, how it changed, why Bichelia is out, but. Um, it obviously wasn't going good for Bashelia, so maybe there's injuries. There could be a whole heap of personal. Uh, who knows what's going on behind the scenes? But as the team is concerned, I mean, you need to. I think they needed something better than what Matt was giving them. So it looks like they made a change, and um, I think Brees is a deserving guy. He's never really been on a team before, so hopefully he he seizes the opportunity and, and elevates himself and can you know stay yeah. on a team. So, I was talking cool. to I was talking to Christina about this move. Christina Danny, the team manager, and I told her like. Look, they don't they're not able to pay a huge salary. Basically, I think it's expenses for the rider and then they get to keep all the contingency and bonuses and everything else. Like, you know, they've they tried the Tommy Hahn, Matt Bichelia, and they tried an older guy that's been on some good equipment and been on teams and might look at Cycle Trader team with a bit of their nose up in, in the air because they, it's not quite a factory Honda team or whatever. To me, I told her just hire these kids. Hire these young kids that would Love this chance. And Ryan Brees, who's out of his van, would love this chance. You know, A.J. Catanzaro, a guy out of his van. Anybody like that, to me, is what you want. You want to get a kid, and they'll be they'll try their balls off for you, and they'll be appreciative. And and if you're Christina and Cycle Trader, you know that you're just a step to, I don't want to say a better team, but a better team. Yeah, I mean, my, my opinion kind of is, and, and I don't know well, what. You're, you're going to be super budget. harsh right now. So No, I know I'm not, <laughs> but um, I don't know what her budget is how it works or what Yamaha is telling her to do. But to me, the 450 rider on that team just is a waste of time. Um, if you can't be competitive and pay a guy that'll come to the team, then put that money and that time and those resources into making your 250 guys the best they can and get better results and build a better re- reputation for yourself in the pit. So you are a better team and you can attract better talent. That's how I think you are going to elevate and grow the team. But just to have a guy out there burning fuel, I don't think it helps anything. Yeah. I don't know, it's very surprising of you, Paul. You didn't mention go get a real job one time. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> are you maturing? Are you getting are you are you getting soft in your older age? <laughs> I don't think so, but I don't know enough about people's age. I am still a, a big believer that if you're the age of like twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight and yeah. you can't make main events, go go get a real job like right. at the time. Well, I mean you weren't there, you weren't that old, but you certainly, you know, we're a fast pro and had to make that choice at some point and be like, this isn't working, you know? Oh yeah. 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 I wasn't, I wasn't good enough for sure. And, and I didn't, I didn't have the work ethic back then. I learned so much kind of entering the workforce and, and 
you know, the real world. And yeah. I learned a, a great work ethic at Pro Circuit. So I wish I could go back. But, um, yeah, I try to, yeah, I, I, it's hard to get a 18, 19, 20-year-old to know that and learn that. That's that's tough. So Yeah. Uh, all right, some more questions. Dale, you want to talk about the pre-show? Yeah, are you guys holding it this weekend, and where at? Yeah, absolutely. We do it every sa- every Saturday at the Pits WPS Fly Racing Hospitality Rig. Hopefully, it's not okay. pouring, um, but uh, we'll be at the Hospitality Rig in the Pits uh, at five o'clock. Okay, I got another question. If that's All right, right, sure. What's Rockstar Husky doing? Are they just waiting around for Dean Wilson to say, "Okay, I'm ready to come on board," or what? I mean, their sponsors well, can't be happy. Yeah, Osborne's back next week. In Minneapolis. Oh, okay. So Osborne's back. back next week. And, yes, I think Dean will be there. I would bet a lot of money that Dean will be on the, under that truck, in that truck uh, uh, for Minneapolis. Uh, Paul doesn't want to say or doesn't there, know, but I would Yeah, there's so. got to be a guy on the line that would have some inf- yeah. inside information. Yeah, you would think so, right? <laughs> but he probably, yeah, I don't know. Paul doesn't want to. All right. Thanks, bud. Appreciate Good deal. it. It'd be interesting, Paul, when he does that, if he goes keeps the same forks and bike, you know, or if he goes mm-hmm. full deal, how he does that, you know? I don't know. A lot of politics involved, like politics involved with that stuff, you know, with with teams and parts and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, there sure is. Yeah, Tyler, you want to talk about the rookies this year? Yeah, uh, you asked a question on the Pulp Show about the rookies. I left a message, but that failed on Monday. Um, I think that Zacho's going to be the standout for the rookies, and Savachi's going to be, you know, fourth to seventh, eighth place guy for most of the time. If Plessinger's two fifty career has anything to forecast for his 450 career in a couple, three years, he'll be a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. And I think Justin Hill's just not going to do anything. <laughs> All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks for the call. Do you want to fly, fly race an OGO backpack or OG, fly racing backpack? I would, I would love an OGO gear bag. Okay. Tits, can we give him the gear bag instead of the backpack? Or is it? Okay. Tits says we can. Uh, Awesome. Right. I would love that. And then last, uh, last thing, if you look at both of the Monster Energy Kawasaki bikes um, from last week, they were both smoking before when um, yeah, that's quit. that happened earlier this year too. And I went over there and asked the guys, and they just said they just said the breather is in a different location than it was in the previous bikes, and that is just that smoke steam from the motor from clutch abuse. Nothing, nothing wrong with the bikes. Just, just clutch abuse. I was just wondering if they were using different oil or different clutch plates this year or something. No, they just said it's in a different spot so everyone can see it, and they're getting all those questions, and they want everybody to to stop bugging them about it. Cool. All right. Thanks, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Stay on hold. Uh, You win a Fly Racing OGO gear bag. You've certainly seen that, Paul, that bike's steaming a little bit. So. Yeah, I mean, that's not anything new. That's happened on a Cali for a very long time, and when you're rough on the clutch and you're in – a atmosphere or environment when the air is colder and it's more humidity, like you just yeah. see the smoke more. So it's, yeah, it's nothing to be worried as, about. As a former mechanic, where do you stand, or a current mechanic, I should say, Paul, current mechanic. <laughs> uh, um, so I was talking to Kranz last week for Racer X Story, and he told me that a new clutch goes in Eli's bike um, every single race at the Triple Crown. So, look, I know he's an elite rider, and I'm not saying... Jesus Christ! They can't make a clutch last fifteen minutes. Like seriously, like I think, I think you got to look at the way you're riding a motorcycle. If you're burning through a clutch in fifteen minutes, I don't know. I know these guys are bad on clutches. They've always been that way on four fifties. Chad uses his as a governor, but man, that surprised me. Yeah, honestly, each rider's different. Each bike is different. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, 
we on Dean's bike didn't didn't go the whole day on one clutch at the Triple Crown. No, I'm not saying um, a whole day. Were, I'm saying a a all three Triple Crowns. Yeah. No, that's a lot. That's that's three clutches, and I'm, I'm guessing one for practice. That's four. That's yep. a lot. Um, I would uh, put a night. I would put a clutch in for the night show, and whether it was heat, semi, LCQ, main, same clutch. Usually it was heat and then main for Red Dog. You know, but we'd run the same clutch for a night show. Right. Right. No, I, I mean. It honestly, it just depends on the rider. Yeah. It, you can't if the guy is abusing it, and I mean, you're on a factory team and you're trying to get the best result you can. Like that's what you do. You make sure the bike's good every time he rides it, so it finishes and it's the best it can be. And yeah. guys, it's it's a tough habit to break. They just abuse it more than other people. I know. And like, look, you know, again, uh, it's you know, you want parts are cheap for these teams. Who cares? But that man, that surprised me. I'm like, you can't put it. You, you know, you can't last like a clutch last. Two main yeah, events? I mean, oh, yeah, Jesus, you know, but hey. Um, surprising. Um, all right, Paul, before we let you go, um, we are going to uh, have JT on the line from Fly Racing. Nichols, Ferrandez, AC, McElrath. Uh, there is, uh, let me look here, there's five points between them. Who's the title winner? Who's the title winner? Oh, man. Um, so hard. Uh I, you're, you're making me pick somebody, I guess. Um, <laughs> yes, Paul. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, flip a coin, honestly. I, I don't know who it could be. Um, I will take... I'll take McElrath. Really, huh? Okay. Just the most ex- most experienced yeah, yeah, yeah. to finish it, I think, is what I'm relying on. I okay, think. all right. But... But I think uh, I was going. I was on the fence between Nichols and uh, Cincerillo as well, too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's tight. I think I think Ferrandis is the least likely, I, just because his starts have been the worst, mm-hmm. and he has the most is propensity a word, or I think that's, yeah. I'm using it correct. No, that's a word. Yeah, um, propensity. He, word. he has the most propensity to have more to have crashes that'll that'll cause him points. I think over the course yeah. of the series. So yeah, I think you've uh, I think you nailed it with that. I, I like that. Although I, I I'll go AC, but you know me and AC. It's a moth to a flame, right? So yep. yep, uh, yep. AC Bowers, Jerry, Alex Ray, right? So um, <laughs> that's your team. Awesome, man. Well, hey, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Paul. All right, later. thanks. See you. Fly racing Moto sixty show presented by Get, presented by Maxis, and presented by Pro Taper. Uh, we got a twenty minutes left or so. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Still giving away a backpack today on the show. And, uh, and, yeah, thanks for calling, everybody. Appreciate it. Lots to talk about, whether it comes to uh, Oakland last week or San Diego this weekend. Flyracing.com, please check them out on the web. Exciting things coming from those guys very, very shortly. Check out pulpamex.com at uh, 1 o'clock, I think, 1 p.m. Uh, you'll see something on there that will be exciting. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. They've been working on it a long time, and uh, we really appreciate those guys coming on the show. Jason Thomas, what's up, man? Not too much. Just uh, I'm in cloudy San Diego. Uh, this product launch you're doing—it's got to be exciting. For what's going on today? Yes. Yes. Yeah, we're about uh, a little over an hour away from uh, getting this thing started. So, yeah, we'll have a uh, a new helmet for those who who aren't up to speed, um, which that's pretty much everybody. We'll have a new helmet launching today here in about an hour. So most of the media outlets will be attending and, and hopefully pushing that out, uh, you know, the things that we're showing them and the information we're giving. So, yeah, it's a, a long time coming, and, uh, yeah, finally get to tell everybody about it here in a little bit. 
how long has this been in the works for? To give people an idea of R and D into a new helmet shell, a new helmet design, a new safety design. You guys have uh, patented and made for yourself. Like, how many years is this? Well, some of the technology in it's probably about ten years. Um, so I've been there a little over six years, maybe mm-hmm. actually like six and a half years. Yep. And there was talk of, hey, we're going to build this new helmet, but we don't know exactly how we're going to do it yet. So then <laughs> okay, yeah, about. Yeah. Five years ago, then we started getting like, hey, well, we have one piece of the puzzle that we want to use. And then, I w- so I would say, realistically, once we knew kind of what we wanted to do, it's probably been four years. Four once years, we're like, yeah. Hey, these are the pieces we need to put together. We don't really know how we're going to do all yeah. of these things in one helmet yet, but these are the components. So that's, yeah, I would say four years is fair. Wow. Yeah, that's just give just giving our, our listeners an idea of how a product comes to, comes to fruition, you know, from... From yeah, an idea think, to you know the the more technologically advanced you go, the longer your your you know time it takes to to come to market. Um, you know, boots are historically a long time because you need so many so much testing with them, and then with a helmet, you just have there's so much science behind it. You need testing and third party testing, and there's just rounds and rounds and rounds of you know helmets that we have to go through and sample. And man, it's just an endless process. It seems like endless anyway. So we're we're finally here, and we'll have uh, helmets available to the public very soon. And, yeah, it's, uh, like you said, a long process, but it, it gets fun at the very end. Yeah, I've got one in my hands. It's light. It's cool-looking. The safety aspect I've been reading up on it is really, really cool and unique. And, uh, yeah, congrats to you and everyone at Fly Racing, man. It's uh, it's pretty sweet. I'm going riding tomorrow morning. I can't wait. Tomorrow morning, me and Berlut right. will chase the sun, and I will have my new helmet on. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like, we're in this motocross world, and, you know, Neither of us are idiots, but we're not super educated either as far as formally. And then, you know, when I start working with our design team and, and learning about the helmet and, and, you know, my job is to go out and sell the thing now and, and inform people and educate people. When you work with these people and you you really figure out how uneducated you are talking <laughs> with some of these people. And one of the chief scientists is a guy named Dr. Dan Plant that we worked with on this helmet. And, I mean, the guy is uh, – he's – seriously a genius you know and you just are like man i'm i'm really really far behind this guy as far as intelligence um so yeah when you when you look at that stuff you're like man we, we have a really good project this guy's are using words that i didn't know existed when you know talking about the company. right so, right should be fun all right so paul said uh McElrath for this title five points between four riders um look we got uh, a ways to go in this thing but uh who do you like for this title well, I picked Shane going in, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't have a legitimate reason to back off of that. I I did think he would be better. I'll be honest about that. Uh, I thought we would see more nights like the Anaheim 2 night. Um, but, yeah, it hasn't been terrible. He's right in the thick of the thing. But So I'll, I'll stick with Shane. I'm just not as... I'm not as enthusiastic as I was going into the season. Yeah, his raw speed seems to be off. Like he kind of, ta- if he, you know, he kind of tails near the end of the guys when everybody's kind of on. Like he obviously won the triple crown, but that, and he rode great, but he kind of got the starts. It was a shorter race. Raw speed wise, Nichols seems to have him beat. Ferrandez and AC also, I think, if if they just everything goes right for those guys, if he wins this thing, if McElrath wins this thing, and he could definitely win it, he's going to win it through just being consistent. Yeah, it's weird, you know we. The 250 class of calling card has kind of been inconsistency going back for years. And when you really look at how this 250 West series has gone, um, you just 
look at it and you're like, man, where is the inconsistency from these guys? Because, you know, for, even with AC having a really tough time, um, he uh, he still got in the fifth, and, you know, that was with multiple crashes. And then you go into, you know, the A2 round, and he still was a ninth. And then Ferrandis with the, the sixth at Phoenix, which is a terrible race. So we're getting some of the inconsistency, but not – over the top where mm-hmm. you would just expect these guys to have DNFs and losing 20 points at a time. It's been a little bit toned down as far as that goes. Where are you at with the weather? Uh, well, I'm in San Diego and the weather's not great at the moment. It's really cloudy and going to rain. Okay. So you think the rain's coming? <laughs> no, I'm just so- saying, I, I, I subscribe to the theory that when the meteorologists tell you it's a 100% chance of rain on Saturday and a 100% chance of rain on Saturday night that we're going to see rain. Okay. All right. So this could be Aaron Plessinger's uh, really career best finish here if it, if it really does pour. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I think it's uh, these guys in the 450 class are so good in the mud. I don't think that just because it's muddy that AP is going to go out and win. No, yeah, I'm was, not saying win. I'm just you know just saying he's going to. Well, have a good night. I, I yeah. think that's more of a 250 thing because look at the guys you're competing against. Um, to think he's just flat better in the mud than Barsha or Eli or Roxon or Marvin or I don't think that's necessarily true. So mm-hmm. if if you're saying he goes from maybe tenth place up to fifth place, then yes, I'm on yeah. board with that. Yeah. Maybe even better. But I don't I just think it's a completely different conversation when you're talking about four fifty, the elite four fifty guys versus two fifty class. All right, let's get some phone calls. We got a bunch of people on the hold here. Let's go to uh, first up, Jason Thomas, by the way, on the show, flyracing.com. Get Pro Taper Maxis. First up, it's Cody. Cody, what's up, man? Hey, guys, how's it going? Good, how are you? What's that? What's your question? Good, yeah. My question was I know JT's on the line kind of to talk 250s, but um, just going into San Diego, I was thinking about Chad, and he kind of sounds like this is it for him as far as this year. Um, so do you, what do you guys think as far as Supercross only? Where does he stack up uh, like all-time? Where's, where's the history book? Um, yeah, good question. He is uh, fourth all-time in wins with two titles. He needs, was he one behind Stu or one behind Ricky? Two behind Ricky? JT, I think? I don't know yeah, I think it's two. I don't think he's going to get it. Uh, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, he's obviously one of the all-time greats. Uh, but I would have, if, if it was me... I'm putting him fourth all time great. Maybe maybe fifth after R, uh, RV, you know. So what do you think, JT? Yeah, it's difficult, you know, because I think it gets so skewed by his last few years haven't been that awesome, but when you really look at when he was, you know, in his prime or in his prime was a very long time comparing to many of the guys. It's hard to say. I I would tend to agree with you. You know, I think Stu for sure is ahead of him. RC is ahead of him. McGrath's ahead of him. I don't think those are even debatable. Just looking at the titles, and they have more wins overall too. Uh, but then it gets dicey. Um, the RV one, winning four titles in a row, is is tough to get past. Yep. Um, and those were head to head against Chad too. You have to keep that in mind. So I don't know. That's not for me to decide. But and you're gonna you're gonna hurt someone's feelings, and no one's ever going to agree on that topic. Um, but yeah, I think RV bringing four titles to the table makes it tough. Yeah. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting, Cody, for sure. So Yeah. Uh, Can I – just one more thing? Or? Yep. i got to go. I, I've always thought um, – I mean, yeah, full disclosure, I'm a big Chad fan, but um, mm-hmm. I've always thought kind of what could have been as far as, like, just say one of those guys like Ricky or 
two just never existed kind of thing. <laughs> and just what could have, you know what I wow. mean? Wow, what about, what about Wyndham? What could have been with Wyndham? Right. Yeah. <laughs> if right. Ricky hadn't yeah. hadn't been around, or Ricky had been hurt, yeah, like right. yeah, hundred uh, percent. You're right. It, Ricky and James will are probably one and two in all time AMA motocross and supercross riders. Maybe Jeremy's in there. Um, right. Yeah, hundred percent. Like yeah, who's to say? Right. Wyndham and Chad. I mean, I I was I, I will say this. I, I mean, Chad surprised the hell out of me by running down James more than a few times and passing him to win. And, and you know, I was always like, man, this guy is so mentally strong. He just – he never folded like other guys would against people who are obviously faster. You know what I mean, JT? Like like Ricky – I just – Ricky had a lot of guys mentally beat, as he should have, when he rolled up to the gate. Chad just – that guy – I remember at Southwick one time, Ricky had like a 25-second lead, and Chad was riding so fast with like five minutes to go and trying so hard. And I'm like, yeah, man, this guy just he's, – he's not getting beat. He refuses to admit that Ricky's better, and that's been Chad's strength, JT. Yeah, I mean, stubbornness is uh, something that can drive you crazy if you're one of his friends as far as just life, but it's served him well in his racing career. I mean, he just refuses to believe anything other than what he tells himself. <laughs> it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. It doesn't matter what you know sponsors and teams say. I mean, he's proven it. He's gone out and, and created his own team several times just because he's like, no, I don't, I don't really want to accept that answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah and, and like you said, and, you know, in the years where he was in contention for a title, even when he didn't win, he, he just kept coming. Like, he just kept coming no matter how bad he got beaten the week before. He would show up mm-hmm. the next Saturday night and think, yep, I'm going to win. Yeah. And sometimes he did. Uh, Cody, we're going to give you a fly racing backpack. All right, man? Awesome. Okay, stay on the line. Thanks for the call. Question. Uh, it's a good question. Where Chad Reed ranks all time for sure. Arnold, what's happening? You want to talk about Dylan Ferrandez? Yeah. Hey, I was just wondering. Um, been kind of excited about him lately. Do you feel like he could be the next great European rider, as in Villeman, Marvin, Roxon? Mm. Um, I, I don't. Then, what do you think, JT? I don't put him on that level. Roxon was a world champion. Marv was a two-time world champion. Villeman wasn't a world champion, but he'd finished second, I think, two years in a row. Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I don't put him there yet, but maybe. What do you think, JT? Uh, I mean, it's possible, but I it's such a high bar to climb to. You know, it's, let's look at what he's doing right now. He's in the mix with Colt Nichols, Adam Cincerillo, and Shane McElrath, right? So... Those guys are really good, but what you know, if, if he was running around and he had won all the races so far, I think that would be a little bit of a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those guys, I mean, that's a rare error you're talking about with those guys. So okay. he's he's got a long way to go. And how old he, is he? Can even bring that up. How old is he? He's got to be 25. Yeah, I would say mid 20s. He's been around for, for yeah, he's a bit. been around for a bit. So, uh, all right, Ar- Arnold, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Thanks. Um, let's go to Justin's got a question about Ken Roxon. What's up, Justin? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's your question? Uh, question is, is regarding his riding demeanor. I mean, pre-arm injury for Ken Roxon, the guy was just a breakout, super fast, like gapping guys at the front rider. And since his arm injuries and he's come back, do you guys think that it's more of an injury related reason for his his style change or is it more of a mental thing that he wants to go kind of like you know a a dungy style you know pull along you know just just motor 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 and Uh, i think uh 
I think a little bit of his mental, but uh, JT, for me, it's physical. I mean, what he's done to his arm was was eight surgeries and an elbow, and he's probably got arthritis. And to me, 100%, uh, not 100%, uh, for me, 80% of this is probably physical. Yeah, you got to. Go ahead. You got to think uh, that um, there's no way you can be as strong or as just capable of riding a motorcycle the same way. Um, I just don't know how you could ever think that's possible. I think he's found ways to adapt and kind of, you know, change the way he rides and uh, just be smoother and more efficient, which he was already good at anyway. But I just think he's really worked hard to uh, work around some of the, you know, I don't want to say inefficiencies, but just the the difficulties and the challenges he's faced. Mm -hmm. There's just no way I think you can look at that and not think that it had some sort of effect. So I give him a lot of credit. Yep. What? I was just saying, if he doesn't get hurt, he has multiple titles by now. For sure. Titles, sure. You know? um, yeah, I, I think for sure in 17, you watch how the way that championship unfolded. You know, Dungey, what, won two races that yeah, year? Yeah. Or was it? Two or three. Was it yeah. two? Um, so, yeah, you've got to think with Roxon's form, he'd already won. He, he probably wasn't going to win that third round, but he was, he was the class of the field. I mean, I just I don't think there's any way you can look at that. And I've heard... People say, oh, Tomac was faster than him, blah, 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 because the way Tomac came on later in the year. But I don't know, man. Roxon was just on another level. He had the whole package. He had the starts. He had the speed. He had, you know, he was so confident in the bike. Um, I think, you know, no matter what, 17 is, is his championship. Uh, who knows what happens after that. But that was definitely his yeah. year to win. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it, man. Right on, guys. Thank no you. No problem. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, physically, he's just got to be, you know, definitely a different guy right now. Uh, Shad, what's up, man? Hey, bud. How's it going? Good. What's your question? Yeah, um, my question, Iran, I guess, was pretty much about the, the Ignite sponsor that Dean Wilson's got. And mind you, I really like Dean Wilson. I think he's a great rider. I think he's great for his fans and everything else. Um, but right on the box, it clearly states, warning, cancer and reproductive harm. So to me, I ask myself, how, how can someone at his stature you know, sponsor that. Really? It says that? It's got a yellow triangle with an exclamation uh. mark. Then it says warning. Then it says cancer and reproductive harm. Wow. Which I have no information on it. Right, right. But, yeah, I, I don't know either. I, I don't, I've never looked at the stuff. I've never used the stuff. I've never smoked weed in my life. I've never, like, I'm very uneducated when it comes to that stuff. And I know people, there's a lot of guys out there that'll start yelling and screaming about the government holding it down and blah, blah, blah. But um, I think... In a general sense, this these companies um, with with marijuana being legalized more and more, JT. Um, you know, we have that NBC issue and everything else, but that's going to get settled here, and I think it's going to be wide open. And I think that teams are going to be grabbing this sponsorship money because these companies are killing it financially. Uh huh. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, I want to jump that, in there. We'll see, I, man. Yeah. Hold on, Chad. Hold on. Go ahead, JT. Okay. I'm interested to see what happens because this is a bigger issue than just moto. Um, CBS turned down a $5 million offer for a Super Bowl commercial with CBD involvement, uh, which, you know, makes, makes CBD and Supercross make, look like nothing, right? So, uh, it'll be interesting to see where this thing goes because this is, this is a much bigger financial concept than just moto. We're, we're seeing the small side effects of it with Dino, mm-hmm. and I don't want to trivialize Dino's his supercross deal but there are 
tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in, in the wake of this, you know, these decisions by these networks. Yeah. And I, but I think it'll, I predict it all works out and we see this stuff on TV and we see, you know, just the openness of, of everyone accepting this. And then we see them coming to our sport. I think that, well, I, I yeah. I, you know. And CBS has basically said it's a, I don't know if moral was the word they used, but they just chose not to do it. Right. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Chad. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I think I think this stuff's going to be speed more and more as we go. Last question here on the show. Adam, you got a question about Bradley Taft. Yeah, does, where's he been? He kind of disappeared. Yeah, he, and, uh, he's quit. I haven't really heard much. He's quit riding. He's got a real job, I heard. Uh, Alex Ray's a buddy of his, and uh, he couldn't get a ride. He couldn't get support, and he's a working man now, which is odd because he had some talent, and he was good, and you know, but the rides are tough, and... And all of that, so uh, yeah, Bradley's just decided, I guess, to to work on that. But but JT, he might uh, work a real job for a little bit and then realize how good he had at racing motocross. So <laughs> there's that possibility. Do you think it could be yeah. like a Christian Krebs situation where he does come back? Yeah, yeah, I, I could see him coming back. What do you think, JT? Yeah, we'll see. I don't, man. I've heard lots of things. I don't know what's true and what's not. Um, but we'll just have to we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, I I would hope the best for him. Yeah. I you know. It's, it's it's tough to make money racing dirt bikes right now. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Thanks for the call, uh, JT. Thank you for coming on the show. Good luck with the uh, with the drop of the new helmet today. Flyracing.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be we'll po- check my social pulpamex.com in the upcoming uh, moments when we do the launch. I'll have some stuff. Kiefer will as well. He's down there for us covering it. Uh, thanks to Paul Parabinos, and thank you, JT. All right, guys. See you. All right, see you. All right, everybody, that's been the Fly Racing Motor 60 show for another Thursday. We will be back next Thursday to break down Minneapolis and all the things that are happening there. Flyracing.com, Pro Taper, get, get, get. Max's tires all on board with us. Tits, fantastic job there doing what you've been doing. Nobody really knows, but something. Hey. You can say thank you. Oh, thank you. Say see you next week, everybody. See you next week, everybody.